Posty back here on the Jared the Boss Man Show. Got a great show for you today. I want something different today with you guys. Uh, based on a situation that arose with me and a prominent sports talk show host in Nashville, I will not mention their name on this radio program. All I will say is this, that we got into a discord based on their comments about Colin Kaepernick and his stance and about what really got my ire was the fact that he projected trying to tell African-Americans how to feel about a certain situation about it happening with our community for its police brutality, that kind of thing. And it was, was not nothing that some of you really shouldn't say because, uh, John, John's, John, you know, John's a white guy. So I think he's a brother, but he's a white guy. I'm Dominican and black. So, you have to be accepting and really listen to other people about their cultures, okay? And the conversation boiled down to the guy pretty much telling me that I'm stupid and racist and how I should feel this way or cabinet should feel this way. And my thing about that is this. As a white guy, upper-class white guy, soon-to-be rich guy uh, living in suburban Nashville, grew up in suburban Nashville, you can't tell me, a guy who grew up in a lower middle class home, uh, a mix of Dominican and black, how to feel, how I interact in my day-to-day lifestyle, living in the South, with law enforcement, with the courts, and that kind of thing. Even kind of get jobs. And I was called racist and stupid. He was even said, John, did huh? I went to Tennessee State because I'm racist. And we're smart, smart enough to get it in Vanderbilt, John. That's, that's also what was said to me, okay? And <laughs> what my thing about it is, John, it, it just speaks loudly to the fact that even though we're in 2017, we're not very far away from the days of the divide between black and white, civil rights days, segregation, because that conversation went left real quick. We could have discussed Colin Kaepernick and could have discussed the openness about being being a black man in the South, being black in Nashville, being black in America. You know what I'm saying? But instead, it was turned into an attack because I didn't agree with his point. I was I then became stupid and racist, and I'm far from that, obviously. Because I was racist, I would have a white guy as my co-host and one of my best friends. So it's like hearing that, John, it kind of upset me. But I wanted to come to the show today and kind of give people, like, hey, be open. Be receptive. Don't be close-minded to people and their culture. Because like I said, I don't know how it is to be a white guy. I don't ever come in this area trying to say I know how it is to be a white guy. I can understand what some things that being a white guy is about, but I can't speak to it. Neither can this guy speak about being a black man or a Dominican guy or what have you. And to call it stupid racist about how I feel, how to tell me as a grown man, 30 years old, how I should feel, who's 38 years old. Like, really? It kind of rubbed me the wrong way. It kind of took me back to that that place where like wow people are really messed up in this world and they have prominent platforms to be messed up and project these horrific things upon masses to get people riled up get people to get the false opinion about things and people really believe in and buy into this stuff so i want to come on in today john kind of get a little different thing here and just kind of let people just be more open be more receptive to others and where they come from and where their plights or whatever they struggle in that culture and be open and be well maybe be a solution not be a problem be a solution to it and not a hindrance to growth for both for all parties involved all people in this nation to become one as we say we are in our national anthem our president to the flag 
Well, I think that the, the biggest, the most important thing that you said is that <clears throat> regardless of what your opinion is, regardless of what your your um, stance on a particular social issue is, it's always important to be receptive and open to the other person's argument or their opinion about it and hear them out rather than just try to shut them down by name calling and making baseless accusations against someone has happened to you in this situation because it just delegitimizes what you're trying to um, stand up for, which is your opinion or your stance on something. So if you believe, um, for instance, that there is uh, social injustice based on police brutality against the African-American community in the country and that that's the opinion that you hold, you should never try to shout someone down or shut them down they hold the opposite opinion because you might learn something from them by being open to hearing what they're saying just like they might learn something about your opinion if they're open to hearing what you're saying so it cuts both ways now in this instance you know you go to name calling and you don't hear anything that the other person is trying to tell you so you don't learn anything from that person and if there's one thing I've learned in life, it's is that you learn something new every day. It's true. When they people say that, you know, it's an old adage, you absolutely can learn something new every day, and you can absolutely learn something new from people who you don't normally either agree with or interact with, especially. So if you don't have a good perspective on, for instance, in this Afri- this instance, the African American community, obviously this guy does, then you can learn a lot from a guy like you by sitting down and having an open and honest discussion about whatever it is the situation of the day might be. Now, as you and I talked about um, before we went on air here in regards to Colin Kaepernick, I don't necessarily agree with the way he's going about doing things, but it's his right to do it. It's his life to lead. He has that that right in our country to stand up for what he believes in, say what he wants to say. As long as he's not inciting violence, we have that protected right under the Constitution. And I will, you know, um, defend his right to say what he wants to say because of that being the case. You know, that that's what that's what makes our country great, Jr. Is that you can say and do what you want within reason under the First Amendment, and I'll protect that. I don't agree with the guy. Knock yourself out. You do what you want to do, though. And I'll you know stand up for you and your right to say it because once we lose that, then you're not living in you know you're not living in a free and open society anymore. When you start checking people and not letting them say what they want to say, as long as they're not inciting violence, then you you know you're free to say what you want to say. And once you lose that, then all bets are off. You know you start <laughs> you can start being oppressed real quick. So I, I think that you know the other thing. Um, not to go on too long that you mentioned is that we're not that far removed from a time in our society when African-Americans were second-class citizens. And it's going to take more than um, the time that has passed to to get to the point where uh, we all want to be or the majority of us want to be. We made huge strides in that area um, of our country as far as I'm concerned. I mean you, you can't um, you know, have a, a black president – you know without making huge strides is it enough no there's still a lot of things that happen out there that are you know unjust as as it relates to uh, that segment of our population but you know seriously we have come a long way and i think the overwhelming majority of um people in the country recognize that but every once in a while you run into people who just they're not open their ears aren't open you know their mouths are open, but their ears aren't. <laughs> and that's that's the problem we run into a lot of times is that people are yes. too busy spouting their mouth off 
rather than sitting back and listening. And I, and I think that that's the lesson that we can learn from this. Um, even before we went on air, we, we were talking about, um, you know, the situation that happened to you and we had the same feeling about it. You know, I sat back, listened to what you were saying and uh, I ended up agreeing with you, you know, in this instance, this guy was absolutely wrong. You can't put yourself in someone else's shoes. You certainly shouldn't be calling people stupid, you know, unless they legitimately do something stupid. Um, and you definitely don't want to make an accusation of racism against someone uh, without any basis for it. For instance, you uh, – for someone to call you racist, in my opinion, is stupid. <laughs> so in that regard, yes, <laughs> you can call someone stupid because they're making a stupid statement. Um, you know, me, if someone were to call me racist, it would be stupid um, for the same reasons that it would be stupid to call you racist. We interact with each other on a daily basis. Uh, you're a black guy. I'm a white guy. We have African-American guests on. We have white guests on. We don't have any issue with race on the show. Um, I, for one, have uh, African-American in my family. Uh, my my uncle adopted uh, an African-American boy when he was young and now one of my adult age cousins. We speak frequently and I see him around town quite a bit. That's just the way that I was raised. Okay, it was part of my upbringing. So, if someone were to bring that to my doorstep, you know, wouldn't make much sense. Now, are there other instances in society where it's probably you know more prevalent than others? Absolutely. There's any question about that. But getting past that, uh, to get past that, you have to be able to listen and not just speak. And I think what this boils down to, John, is this: that with this guy. I'm racist and stupid because I, I didn't agree with him pretty much. If I agreed with him, yeah. I would have been, yeah, you're you're a great guy, Jr. Right, absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's all about absolutely. agreeing and capitulating and saying his opinion. I've been the best guy ever because I absolutely. I disagreed and stood my ground. I'm racist. I'm stupid. That's exactly right, and again, that cuts both ways. That cuts both ways. I mean, when you we have a, a politically charged uh, situation going on in our country right now, and it cuts both ways. You get it, pe- most people are caught in the middle of it, and you won't hear us talk politics much on this show, if at all, because of that reason. People go to shows like ours to get away from all the noise and all that BS. Now, in this instance, you're making the exception because it's something that happened to you personally, but it, cu- it cuts both ways. If you want to change the mind of someone who has the opposite opinion of you, you have to do more than just talk. In, in order to understand where someone's coming from, you have to engage them. In a civil manner, learn from what they're saying and try to either change their mind using factual information or maybe they change your mind um, you know, with their opinion. Somewhere in the middle you meet. But the important part of it is, is you have to be civil about it and nobody is going to agree with you if you're calling them names. Exactly. So. <laughs> and I laughed about it too, John, because my four closest confidants are all white. You – Mike Costabile, Chris Lee, and, and Nate Sheridan are all white. Are my four closest confidants are white, not even black or colored people. You know what I'm saying? That's what, that's what makes it so funny. What well, makes it funny to me? The whole the, 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 what, in a, and when I say funny, I say funny in a, in an observatory sense. The race relations in our country, I I laugh at it sometimes because the majority of the people that I know, white, black, all all across the the spectrum of race in this country don't even think about it exactly don't even think about it but when you have you know it's the handful of bad apples syndrome i guess 
is that you have to call out the bad apples because if you don't, then they're allowed to kind of, you know, infect other apples. And, and that's the, that's kind of the way it works. So I, I think that, um, you know, the, the majority of the people out there, at least the people that I interact with on a daily basis, which is a, a diverse group of people, um, don't even think about it. it. It's not something that certainly for me, I can speak for myself. They, it doesn't even register in my mind on a day-to-day basis. I, I don't, I don't know. This doesn't exactly. <laughs> this doesn't come up. I don't. I don't really care what what race you are, how old you are, what gender you are, how you identify yourself sexually. I don't care because it doesn't affect me in the least. Now, if it starts to affect me in some way, then yeah, maybe I might stand up and have an opinion about it. But until it does, you go on and do you. You live your own life, you know, and I'll live my own life. And until we intersect on something. Good luck to you. I wish you the best. <laughs> yeah, you're all good. So you wake up with, with a black penis that down down below, <laughs> <laughs> or until China man goes on a, a penis chopping off spree or something. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, listen, I, I, I am, I'm sorry that that happened to you today because it's you know it's just stupid to have to go through something like that. But um, you know, I think you reacted the right way, personally. Um, I, I just from what you're telling me, I wasn't there. I don't know, but it sounds to me like you reacted in a sane, rational way. Stood up for yourself, and like you said, if you agreed with him, you would have been his best buddy. He would have put his arm around you and said, "Oh yeah, I knew you'd agree with me." Blah 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 blah. But since you disagreed with him, you're stupid and racist. Well, you know what? That kind of makes you look like an idiot when you when you when you pull that out. You're you are delegitimizing your own argument. So. Amen. That's that's the uh, the long and short of it, in my opinion. Amen to that. Well, folks, hope you enjoyed John and I's open discussion about that situation and been open and being open to others' opinions and beliefs. Because I mean, we all have an opinion. God gave us that ability. We're free speech in America. We have First Amendment rights. So I hope we exercise those responsibly going forward. Folks, after the break, we're gonna go to John City, Cleveland, talk to Bill Livingston of the Cleveland Plain Dealer about the calves. After the break. your photo video and voiceover needs check out the fine folks blu-ray productions they will take good care of you if you don't believe me you can see for yourself check out their work at blueberryproductions.tv the facebook page blueberry productions also vimeo page a youtube page and it's blueberry b-l-u-b-e-r-r-y prod on twitter check them out today blueberry productions great people great work great service Fantasy football season is fast approaching, and if you're looking for an edge this season, you need to contact the guys at Draft Day Consultants. The concept is a simple one. Draft Day Consultants takes your requests and connects you with one of their trusted analysts, who then guide you through your draft, whether you just need a sounding board on decisions, or if you need them to conduct your entire draft. Draft Day Consultants has you covered. Every one of their consultants has a proven track record of success, and have conducted hundreds, even thousands of mock drafts. 
Thanks to this year-round research and analysis, the guys at DDC have an unmatched understanding of player values. So gain an edge on your league mates this season by hitting up DraftDayConsultants.com. That's www.DraftDayConsultants.com. Now get after it, fantasy footballers. Hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. The debut album from Family Grind ENT, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to give you two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop. Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, IllStreetRex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today, True Speech, and 313 Fresh, Family Grind ENT. Believe in it, get it. Hello, my name is Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student-athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academics.com and athleticsconsulting.com. Once again, www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at Coach TWheel24 or Instagram Travis L. Williams24. Or you can call me at 404 542 607. Once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Boss Man Radio Show, covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you. JR the Boss Man Show. And we're joined by Cleveland Plandilla writer Bill Livingston here on the Boss Man Show. Bill, how's everything this evening in Cleveland now? Confusing, chaotic, cavalier. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that. And start with the confusing part. Like, what led to David Griffin leaving the Cavaliers after three years? And was it dang? Was it money? Was it the roster? Was it power? What led the Ultimately, David Griffin leaving yesterday from the Cavs and, jo- and going. To well, I think he agent. wanted more security. I think he wanted. I think Griffin wanted a long-term contract. Um, you know, we've heard that they had divergent opinions on the makeup of the roster and how close they were to contending. Uh, you know, I think it's not as wide a gap as people say with Golden State because they almost won game three and did win game four. And, and the no call on Durant that should have been his third foul early in the second quarter was huge in game five, but nonetheless, they lost in five games. But, uh, you know, it just, there, when you look back at it, Griffin did a great job. I mean, he didn't, he, he worked within serious 
constraints of the salary cap because they're so far over it. And there wasn't a whole lot he could do. And, and, you know, he, they used some of their insane lottery luck. I mean, you know, they got Andrew Wiggins, who was the, the big chip in the, in the Kevin Love trade. That was the biggest deal he made, but, but otherwise he, he made very shrewd deals to bring in J.R. Smith and Moz who was a big player the first year they went to the finals, not really in the finals or much after that. And Shumpert, who, you know, was supposed to be the starter and not Smith. And then they got, you know, Corber, like you said, who unfortunately did not have a very good playoff. And Channing Fry, who won another guy who could take you to the finals, but then didn't really play a whole lot in the finals because of the small ball lineup. But I thought he did a, I thought he did an excellent job. And um, I think it's the biggest mistake Dan Gilbert's made since he sent out the crazy letter. <laughs> Absolutely. The crazy letter mistake um, was definitely one of those. So you did mention the salary cap and the way that uh, Griffin was able to work within those constraints. Um, How do you think this move is going to affect the big guy, LeBron James, upcoming free agency next year? And and what are you hearing about this Jimmy Butler deal? How how serious is this? uh, I guess it could be called a rumor. Yeah, I don't really know what they're what they're uh, offering. Uh, they don't have draft picks, which everybody that's the reason I never really thought they were much of a player for Paul George. I like Butler for the Cavs a, a great deal. I don't know how really they could get him other than that he wants out of Chicago, and I'm sure he'd like to play with LeBron. Um, as far as how it affects LeBron, he uh, he immediately sent out a tweet that he you know, appreciated what Griff did and said, if nobody else appreciates you, I do, and you know, hopefully the fans of Cleveland do. And thanks for, uh, you know, for three years and we won one championship. Uh, you know, they went to three straight finals. Um, it, it certainly gives him cover if he wants to leave. Now, I've written this before and I stand by it. I don't know how the average Cleveland fan is going to feel. But if he wants to leave in, after next season is over and play with Carmelo and, and Chris Paul out in L.A., if they can swing that type of thing. I don't really know how you could begrudge him that. He the man came back, promised a championship, came back to try to be an inspiration to the city of this to the people of this area for having overcome what he overcame. He's a different guy than when he left the first time. He had a he has a magnanimous uh spirit now where he he forgave a lot of the slings and arrows of which I shot a few and threw a few. Uh, he's a different guy. We're a different people now. He took the monkey off the city's back. Uh, I think you have to cut some slack to a guy who wins the first championship in 52 years at a city. And if if he wanted to leave, I personally would just say it was great watching you play. Have a great life. I agree with that 100% bill. I'm a a lifelong Clevelander born, raised here, uh, located here. Um, and I agree with that hundred percent. Couldn't have said it any better myself. I wanted to circle back real quick to tie off the David Griffin um, talking point. When I first read this news, the first thing that popped in my head was he wanted long-term, they wanted short-term, and that was that. And and I think that that, in a nutshell, basically is it. I don't really think there's any right. reason to read any more Everything into it. Everything now there? here, you know, because yeah. LeBron's probably only got to about 35 before – even he starts to not be an elite player anymore, and he, he'll be 33 in December. Uh, it's It's been win now ever since he came, and I, I don't know whether Griffin, you know, that's not the easiest thing to work under, especially with, with limited resources like he had. 
he was never going to be able to try to build a team here. It was always going to be win now, win now, win now, keep LeBron uh, on a contending team. But, you know, I don't think he felt appreciated by Gilbert either. I, I think the fans and, and certainly the media, and I, you know, I was not one of the guys who was cultivated by, by Griffin, but, you know, I think I know a little bit of basketball and I think he did a hell of a good job. I, I thought he deserved if he wanted, I, I think they should have kept him. You know, I, I, he knew how to get things done. He was working on a couple of deals when he left. Now, who's going to handle it? You got the draft coming up, not that they're going to be big players in it, but then you got NBA free agency signing. You want to break in a new GM like uh, Chauncey Billups? Well, you know, I like Chauncey on the show. I think he has good points to make, but he's never been a GM before. Exactly. Now, Bill, do you feel like the Chauncey relationship with Ty Lu? And that LeBron respects him, may make LeBron feel better towards the organization, not be so falsely towards Dan Gilbert, or still, he still can't go over Gilbert's letter and his vitriol he spit at him once he left the first time. He's kind of just there for the people of Cleveland and his teammates, not so much for Dan Gilbert. Well, that's definitely the case, but uh, I don't think this helped any. Uh, and, you know, when he, he – when he did the thing with Draymond Green and was talking about uh, that was news here. I mean, I had always suspected it that uh, that he came back against the wishes of his mother and his wife because of Dan Gilbert. And uh, I wrote in a column today that's online. Uh, you know, last year when in October when the Cavs were getting their rings the same night that the World Series opened here, <clears throat> a couple of days before the the big night. Dan Gilbert announced that the Cavs would start an hour earlier, so people who had tickets to both events or, or just who didn't but wanted to see more of the baseball game would be able to. And it was a, a very nice civic gesture. And uh, they, they opened against the Knicks, and one of the Knicks writers asked LeBron, and this was just, you know, this wasn't even a batting practice softball. This was a t-ball question. What does this say about Dan Gilbert? And LeBron said, I don't know. What does it say about him? And I, you know, certainly read between the lines there that that uh, what I had always suspected that this thing wasn't over at all. This tension between them. I mean, if you, you know, if you can't say something nice to a setup like that, you're still harboring some bad feelings. And, and it's clear that he does. Uh, and I don't know of any owner who, there may be some who <clears throat> lashed out the way he did uh, at a star of that magnitude. Now I criticized LeBron heavily when he left but when he came back as i say he's a different guy and it was time to let all that stuff go and see how it went this time and uh, and it's been you know uh, i won't say it's been um, peaches and cream every day but he's been professional with all of us and uh, i've come to have a great deal of respect for him not only by the way he plays but the things he stands for because michael jordan never wanted to offend anybody he didn't he didn't take any action in any uh activist cause and, and LeBron has and in the great tradition of Ali and Kareem and you know the the pioneers that that had uh, had political courage now Bill I want to take a step further here uh what moves can the Cavs make being limited and strapped as they are to improve their roster to compare Golden State because I'm, I see the trade went through with the, the, the Lakers got the 27th pick now and 20th pick and trying to package those for Paul George which tells me he may be gone so unless you're the third team to help Jimmy Butler what can you do is it re-signing a Kyle Corver would you re-sign Darren Williams would you look elsewhere so how you no, see I think they need to get younger gotcha. I think they need to get younger off the bench Jefferson was the only guy who played well in the 
uh, of the bench got veterans that played well. Darren had played well until the finals. Uh, Channing really didn't get a shot because um, not not a shot on the floor, a, a shot at playing time uh, very much because Lou thinks he's a bad defensive uh, situation. I don't really know. I would have looked at him against Pachulia, you know, and, and JaVale McKee, McGee because, you know, you never know. Those are big guys too, and he's a 6'11 guy, and he can stretch the floor, but he didn't really get a sniff. And I, I thought that goes on Lou, but you know Richard. Well, Richard Jefferson almost retired last year, and he'll be 37 either tomorrow or the day after. And that's old in basketball. They've they've got to get they've got to get some young players, and they got to develop some young players. And, and it's going to be hard to do in a win now scenario. So long term, that's what they have to do. Right now, they have to get Jimmy Butler and have a chance to win it again. So, and I don't uh, know what they do that with. Yeah, <laughs> that's the, the same thing I was wondering when I was reading Well, obviously, I guess they would have to trade Love, but I, you know, Love didn't play well, particularly in the, he certainly didn't play well in the elimination game, but his stats were okay for the finals, and I thought he had his, his best year as a cap. Yeah. Um, you know, he's a double-double, and, and a guy who can shoot the three, and, you know, he's always kind of been the scapegoat, the third wheel of the big three, but and I'm sure, I'm sure Kyrie's got to be untouchable even though he, sometimes he doesn't play very much defense. But as, as everybody knows, he can just win a game for you with his offense. And he won a championship for him last year. And uh, I've never seen anybody be able to finish below the rim like he has. And I've been around as a reporter around this league since 74. And I go all the way back to remembering Earl the Pearl and people like that and the angles he takes and the spinners he hits and, you know, the ambidexterity and, and the moves. I've never seen anybody like him. Uh, he's a unique player around the rim. Six three, does it dunk that often and just unstoppable around the rim? So to to go back and hit on this Chauncey Billups, um, I guess rumor that again that's going out there. What do you see as that? How, how likely do you see that being a because of his inexperience in that role and b, um, you know, just based on what the team is looking for moving forward from the front office? Where do you see him coming in at? Well, you know, it would be a bit of a splash. It's a it's a well-known name. And, you know, Gilbert really hasn't done a uh, – other than – I mean, he's brought jobs here, and I always forget to say that, and that's a big thing. With Quicken Loans has a you know, big enterprise here, and he does have the casino. Uh, but, you know, other than cosmetic changes, he hasn't hit a lot. He hasn't hit it right. Mike Brown was okay the first time, then he hired him again. That was a very bad idea. Byron Scott was a great guy. Didn't really work out. Um, you know, it was it was Griffin who fired David Blatt and and put in Ty and uh, first time head coach, well respected assistant coach, and they won a championship. So why would you mess with that formula? You know, it's just another inexplicable thing Dan Gilbert's done, and he gets in his own way a lot. And final question for you, Bill, is this: and how difficult is it to work for this guy? And what does he do to make life difficult on Daydon Griffin or guys that work for him below him and coaches? If you were Ty Lue, we did to Mike Brown, would you feel comfortable being the Cavs coach after a year or so? He might whack, whack you too if LeBron leaves. Well, you got a lot of problems there. You got LeBron too. You got to keep LeBron happy. LeBron was just openly dissatisfied with with Blad. Um, you know, clearly there's, Anna, there's, there's some separation and estrangement between the superstar and the owner. And, uh, you know, Lou, he, Lou has LeBron's confidence as did Griffin. 
And that's a, that's a big deal. That's probably the most important thing for a Cavs executive. You don't sometimes you don't see Gilbert for a long time, and then all of a sudden he does. He has one of these little, uh, you know, news making spasms that usually don't work out too well. So I have to, as you know, I told you before, Bill. I'm a lifelong Clevelander. Um, I would be doing myself a disservice if I didn't get your Cleveland Browns um, outlook for the upcoming season. Lay it on me. Well, they'll be better, but you know, I uh, I have really since they came back, uh, they've been so bad. They've been worse than the Bengals were. When they were gone for three years, I went to the then sports editor and said, because uh, I always loved college football uh, more anyway. I'm originally from Texas, and I've covered Penn State in my career, and I was a Longhorn fan as a kid. I said, Ohio State's going to be really good uh, these coming years. And, and Cleveland's a big Ohio State town. It used to be mainly a Notre Dame town, but Notre, Notre Dame's been off the map for, except for a couple of, you know, kind of fluky seasons, the the – uh, you know, the, the season they played for the national championship and got waffled. Uh, and Michigan's third, but a pretty distant third. It's an Ohio State town all the way now. I said, that's going to be the only team anybody cares about. So I've been doing most of the Ohio State columns and almost all the Ohio State games, except just for going conclusion routes uh, since then. And it has kept me away from the Browns. And I can't say enough for that because you write this. You know, maybe it'll be different, but Brock Eiswaller and guys like this, you got to have a quarterback. I was I was really really upset when they didn't take Deshaun Watson with twelve uh, in the first round because I thought he was terrific against Ohio State and I know there's objections to him and I think he can make all the passes and if they didn't take him, they had Malik Hooker out there and they didn't take him at, at safety and I think he's you know he he was just going up like a rocket on the in, in scout evaluations and I had done a story before this year's draft. And I don't own anything to Ohio State. I went to an SEC school. Well, we're in the SEC, but not of it. I went to Vanderbilt. But, um, you know, since they came back, and at the time it was 127 draft picks they had made. And it's more now, but it hasn't gone up any. Uh, Would you want to take a guess at how many? Now, this doesn't mean they can sign some guys as free agents. Like uh, like Tyvis Powell, who who's already not going to be here, and Dante Whitner and LaCharles Bentley and guys like that. But how many how many Ohio State players? Great program, two hours and fifteen minutes down the road, two national championships, contending every year. How many how many guys from Ohio State have the Browns drafted since they came back? No idea. I'd say zero. (laughs) Two. Two. Brian Robisky and Darnell Sanders. Wow. You think Ezekiel Elliott might have helped? Very I much do. so. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you think almost any of those cornerbacks at Ohio State that they had, Eli Apple and those guys might have helped? I do. You know, they had the offensive and defensive rookies of the year in Bosa and Elliott. Not good enough to play for the Browns. I, I just really have a real show-me attitude toward them right now. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Bill, you caught my attention when you said Vandy. Uh, I have to ask you, how was Nashville back in that day and time? Because, man, uh, I went to Tennessee State. I graduated in 09. So can you tell me about you how went Nashville, to where? Tennessee State. So can you tell me about how oh, Nashville okay. was, Tennessee TSU was back in the time you was at Vanderbilt, if you don't mind? Oh, my God, yeah. I have a great story on that real quickly. Please uh, do. I knew uh, Dean Smith fairly well. 
and um, well, just just because when I worked in Philadelphia, I'd done a long piece on them, and and uh, before Coach Smith had dementia, he had one of the great memories of all time, and uh, and he had remembered he like had a little mental dossier on you, and he knew stuff you had written and that he liked and that he wanted to point out that he th- thought you're off base on if if it came down to that. But anyway. Uh, when, when Charles Scott was, uh, and, he, and Dean always called him Charles because he did not like to be called Charlie. Uh, when Charles Scott was at North Carolina, he, um, at Vanderbilt, there wasn't just a whole lot of, and this was when I was there. Uh, we played in one week, we played Davidson, lefty was there, North Carolina and Duke and beat them all. And we're on the cover of Sports Illustrated and all this stuff. And, and two of the games were buzzer beaters. But uh, Charles Charles Scott and Perry Wallace, who was the first black basketball player in the SEC from from Vanderbilt in in my era, uh, went over to Tennessee State for you know to not to party because it was early in the day of a game, but to you know socialize with uh, and a place where they felt more at ease. And uh, Perry went back, and Charles Charles said, "Well, I'll." Uh, I'll get a ride, and he couldn't get a cab to come out there in those days. No, no white cab driver would go out into that area. Oh wow! And North Nashville, and he called. Uh, he finally called the team hotel, and and Dean Smith rented a car and went and got him. Wow! That's kind of what it was like in the South back then. And this is Tennessee. This is the Mid South. The worst place in the league was Mississippi State, uh, according to Wallace. Uh, you know. Uh, I always wondered why Perry actually went there, but it was a good thing he did because he was a great representative at school. But he had a he had a scholarship offer to Michigan State, and the wonderful book about him by David Marinus, his son Andrew Marinus, a, a Vanderbilt grad, called "Strong Inside." He he several times thinks, and he also had an offer from Kentucky. Uh, he he thought about at Michigan State, it would have just been about basketball, and he said when they went to Kentucky, uh, there weren't many racial taunts at all that that they like to they really that was you know the leading basketball and still is basketball school in the conference they appreciated good basketball and it was just pretty much about basketball there too and he would have liked to have gone someplace where there wasn't this enormous racial component with everything when he went on the road got you down it's it's like you know i got there in 2006 so i guess it was different when i got there because my mom went to lipscomb actually Try to get me to go to Lipscomb, sure, yeah, but, but yeah. I was like, I want to play football, so I went to Tennessee State because they had a football team. So, yeah, so sure, it's, it's just, it's just sure. crazy. You know, he's talking to a guy who's new Nashville for it. It got to what it was. No, my mom had told me about some of that stuff, the guy going to Lipscomb, how she really couldn't get rides, things of that nature. But right, when I right, got there, it was different. Right. But, but you know, uh, sure. I was it's, a great, it's a much better city now than when I was there. There was a big divide also. Vanderbilt, even then, was a – one of the, probably behind Duke was the best school in the South, and now it's one of the always ranked one of the top fifteen or twenty schools in the country. But even then, it was kind of a quasi Ivy League school, and, and Nashville is the home of country music. And you know, the Vietnam War was going on. There was a big divide between the school and the community back then. Yeah, so it, it kind of was un, uncomfortable for white people too, but not as much, I'm certain. Yeah, you know, we, I, I wish Vanderbilt would play us some football more. I know they play some basketball, but it's always, it'll always, it'll be, always be fun. we played them in 07 over there over there at uh, Dudley Field, but I would love to play them every year yeah. in, in Middle Tennessee as well. It'll be, I think it'll be Vanderbilt Stadium. Yeah, Vanderbilt. Dudley Field in my era. 
The okay. players did not like that. I called it the dud. <laughs> they did not see the humor in that. <laughs> yes, yes. This is great. Like, it's so refreshing because I meet very few people who know about Nashville, know about how we all schooled in that one city. I got Trevecca, you got Lipscomb, Tennessee State, sure. Vanderbilt, Fisk, Meharry, all with the body. Yeah. We went yeah. through four miles all, from each other pretty much. Uh, Belmont, Belmont. Belmont, yes. Program, right next to Vanderbilt. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm real, I'm real close with, with Ian Clark and Damian Jones on the Warriors. So I was kind of cheering for them because I know them pretty far from being in the same town with them. I know them pretty well. So I was kind of cheering for those uh-huh. guys as well. So, it, it, Bill, it's great to know somebody who knew Nashville before I got there, man, because I still have a home there as well. I still have my home there. I go there pretty often just to go just hang out, see some of my old friends, go to the school, see some. So, Bill, it's great, man. That sure. You, you shared sure. It I enjoy going man. there. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, indeed. Well, Bill, I'll tell you what, man, it's been a great to have you on the show. We look forward to having you on again real soon. I really enjoyed this conversation All with right. you. You have a great My night, pleasure. man. Thank you. All right, folks. Bill Lumpson here on the Boss Man Show. All your photo, video, and voiceover needs, check out the fine folks at Blu-ray Productions. They will take good care of you. If you don't believe me, you can see for yourself. Check out their work at BlueberryProductions.tv, the Facebook page, Blueberry Productions, also a Vimeo page, a YouTube page, and it's Blueberry, B-L-U-B-E-R-R-Y, Prod on Twitter. Check them out today. Blueberry Productions, great people, great work, great service. Fantasy football season is fast approaching, and if you're looking for an edge this season, you need to contact the guys at Draft Day Consultants. The concept is a simple one. Draft Day Consultants takes your requests and connects you with one of their trusted analysts, who then guide you through your draft, whether you just need a sounding board on decisions or if you need them to conduct your entire draft. Draft Day Consultants has you covered. Every one of their consultants has a proven track record of success and have conducted hundreds, even thousands of mock drafts. Thanks to this year-round research and analysis, the guys at DDC have an unmatched understanding of player values. So gain an edge on your league mates this season by hitting up DraftDayConsultants.com. That's www.DraftDayConsultants.com. Now get after it, fantasy footballers. Hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. The debut album from Family Grind ENC, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to give you two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop. Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, IllStreetRex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today, True Speech, and 313 Fresh, Family Grind ENT. Believe in it, get it. Hello, my name is Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. 
A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Once again, www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at Coach TWheel24 or Instagram Travis L. Williams24. Or you can call me at 404-542-607. Once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Bossman Radio Show covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you. JR the Boss Man Show. We was joined by Bill Livingston of Cleveland Plain Diller. Now we're going down to my hometown, people. You know who that is. Orlando talked to my man Keith Smith. He writes for Real GM, Fan Rag Sports, Cubs NBA, a cap dude as well with the spreadsheets. Keith, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Yes, indeed, man. I want to talk to you because you have this cap expertise, man. And we have this trade that went down with, with the Nets and the Lakers clearing out cap space. So with your knowledge of the cap, uh, can the Lakers have the money now without dumping the wall ding just yet to get create two max slots to pay Paul George and a LeBron James if he chooses to leave Cleveland and come towards the Lakers to come out there to make his wife happy? Uh, well, <laughs> I like that you threw in to make his wife happy. That's uh, definitely a part of that storyline, right? But it is, it's still a little more complicated than that. They would have to likely move on from Julius Randle in the offseason, as well as probably stretch Luol Dang, or if they can find a way to salary dump him on somebody, so much the better. But if they can do those two things, or one of those two with Dang, they can definitely accomplish that and create two max salary slots for Paul George and LeBron James. Now, uh, with Kevin Durant taking the non-bird max, do you think they will both retain both Equal Dollar and Livingston? And if so, what are the numbers you think they'll come in at to, to retain those guys' services going forward? 
I do think they're going to retain Andre Iguodala. I think all the reports of him meeting with teams and that are just noise. I don't think, you know, he may take a couple of meetings just to see what else is out there. But I, I can't see any reason why he would want to move on from what is probably the best situation in the NBA as a Warriors sixth man. So I think he's probably going to get something in that 12 to $16 million annual value range, probably two to three years at this point at his age. Livingston's the bigger question. He could be the one, if the Warriors decide they don't want to pay a lot of luxury tax, he could be the one who's ultimately squeezed out. So outside of those two key pieces, uh, how do you see the Warriors um, improving the total roster? Do they need to tweak it anywhere in your opinion? Yeah, I was going to say, do they really need to improve all that much? Right. <laughs> um, so, I, you know, what they'll do is they'll do what they did this year. They'll add a couple of the veteran guys who are looking to catch on and hopefully get themselves a ring. Um, I do think David West will probably be back, probably again at the veteran minimum. Zaza Pachulia will come back. They will have the room exception, which is now increased as the cap goes up and the new CBA comes in. It's actually worth $4 million this year. So um, so they'll either have that or if they stay as an over-the-tax team, they'll have an even bigger uh, non-taxpayer exception that will be available to them that they can use. So depending on how they structure things salary cap-wise and the like, they'll have one of those two. At this point, it's probably going to be the non-taxpayer, which is a bigger number, and it can be split amongst multiple players, which is going to help them bring in some talent. So they'll, they'll fill out the roster with veterans who are looking to catch on and get a ring. At this point, it's a little hard to forget because you don't know, but look for them to make most of their moves probably more towards the second, third wave of free agency. Now, since the Warriors are so dominant, Keith, uh, how would that affect how teams spend money this offseason? Because knowing that, hey, they're probably going to title again next year, so why go into luxury tax or – spend lose the flexibility just to come in sixth place or fifth place and get put out in the first round. So how are you seeing the, the Warriors been so dominant affecting how the teams spend money for the next two or three years going forward and try to, to try to not go into tax knowing they're going to really go anywhere for a title? Yeah, there's definitely two things with that. One is that NBA teams can't help themselves. If they have money, they're going to spend it. We've seen that over and over again. There's a reason Zach Lowe calls it the silly season is because if, if they've got money, it's like it's burning a hole in their pocket. It's like when I was a kid at the toy store, if I had a $10 bill, I had to go spend it on something. So what you ultimately will end up seeing is teams, though, to take the Boston Celtics, for example. Where they're at position-wise is they're not going to spend a ton of money to try and catch up to, team, to the Warriors or to the Cavaliers. But what they are going to do is they will spend to put themselves in the on-deck position. Because what, what teams want to do is they want to be next up. If something happens, you know, the example I use is if Steph Curry slips on Donatus Moda Eunice's back sweat again and hurts himself and is out, team wants to be in position to be that next team up behind the Warriors to take that spot. So that's where teams are going to be positioned all summer long is to try to be there if anything does break their way. Now, Keith, we spent a fair amount of our last segment speaking with Bill Livingston uh, from the Cleveland Plain Dealer about uh, the Cavaliers offseason. And one thing in, in particular that I wanted to get your opinion on, uh, offseason moves. We heard the rumor about Jimmy Butler and the Cavs trying to make moves and in a, in a, uh, adding an additional team in to make a three-way move to try to acquire him. Is this just a rumor mill talk or is there any validity, validity to this? 
at first it seemed like it might have just been rumor mill and that it might have been the Bulls trying to drive the price up on Jimmy Butler for other teams trying to acquire him. But as we've gotten deeper into it, it sounds now like it might be more of a real uh, thing that's out there. I know, I believe it was Vincent Goodwill who had a report today that said, and, and if I have it wrong, I apologize, but I believe it was him who said, it's either going to be Cleveland or it's going to be Boston, but he's gone. And if that's the case, then obviously the Cavs are trying to put something together. Now, the report was yesterday, David Griffin was working as late as 6 p.m. on a potential three-team deal that was going to send Kevin Love out and bring Jimmy Butler in, along with other pieces moving around. And then obviously he was let go about an hour later by uh, Dan Gilbert. <laughs> So, you know, so at this point, it's it's a little hard to know exactly where the Cavs are at, but I do think they are in the conversation there. This roster to make at least one more run at it because they don't know if they're going to have LeBron James after this year. Now, outside of the the Cavs, what teams do you expect to step out and make some major splashes when free agency gets going? It's definitely going to be the Boston Celtics and the San Antonio Spurs, the the two teams who were in the conference finals with the Cavs and the Warriors. The Celtics already made one move. They're going to make other pushes to add more talent to that team. They're at least going to talk to Gordon Hayward and Blake Griffin, and they are still going to continue to pursue trades for Jimmy Butler and Paul George, see if they can make that happen. And then the Spurs, interestingly enough, today on uh, Tuesday, the Spurs got – it basically leaked that Paul Gasol and uh, David Lee are both going to decline their player options, and both are open to taking more team-friendly deals. And as a cap guy, what that says to me is they are both going to opt out. The Spurs are going to renounce both of them and go into the summer with this potential cap space that had a major free agent and be able to bring someone in on the roster. And then what they'll do, or excuse me, not the Cavs, the Spurs rather, will look to add someone on the roster. And that might be a Chris Paul type of guy. He's been linked to them. They are known to want a point guard. So if they can pull that off, we'll see. So I know that certainly at least those two teams, maybe a handful of others are looking to do some things to, again, try and position themselves to be the best they can and hope they get lucky. Now, speaking of the Clippers, Keith, great segue there, man. Uh, Do you think that the president Jerry West would keep Blake and CP3 in Clipperland? I know that's not going to sound ready. I know that's not going to happen. But do you foresee a situation where they lose all three of those guys and then they're stuck in no, with no man's land, with nobody to replace these guys? So tell me about how you feel about the Clippers going forward, even with Jerry West coming in there to be a consultant. Yeah, if you had asked me this even as much as a week ago, I would have said it was probably more likely that all those guys stayed. But now it seems like the Spurs and Chris Paul thing is real there is definitely the potential that could happen. And there's some rumors, some have heard that Chris Paul, he's just ready to do something different and move on. Blake Griffin, there's some rumors that he has kind of decided, no, I want to play somewhere different with a different group of guys. There's even some thought that Steve Ballmer, part of the reason why I pushed to bring Jerry West in was we've taken this group as far as we can take them. We need to rebuild it. So now I'm of the opinion, I think that there's a very good chance that they do break up. I do think J.J. Redick, no matter what, is probably on the move and going to be playing somewhere else. Likely, Chris Paul and Blake Griffin, if they both move on as well, then they probably should explore trades for guys like DeAndre Jordan and Jamal Crawford. Just really go young, get assets, and try to rebuild this thing. So, staying in L.A., Keith, um, 
with Magic Johnson running the Lakers, will that change the perception of them with players around the league based on his, uh, you know, career experience, uh, relationship with um, the, the younger set in the league? Yeah, that's definitely an interesting question. It's, at first blush, you want to say, no, it's the Lakers. They're still NBA royalty. It shouldn't change much. But the reality is NBA players love Magic Johnson, which is kind of funny because the guys who are playing in the league now largely weren't even alive the last time he played a basketball <laughs> team. So it is really at a situation where you know, there's so much respect for Magic. And what that does is that opens every door for the Lakers with any player. They, they wouldn't be getting um, this LeBron James buzz if they didn't have that opportunity to have magic in the room to talk to LeBron. It just wouldn't be happening. So absolutely, it's going to have a positive impact for L.A. Now, Keith, uh, staying here in Atlanta, I have a sense based on conversations and just you know, being around that the popular setup is gone. Are you hearing the same thing as well? And do you feel like the Hawks should have blew this thing up in January when they had a chance for they won that five-game winning streak and, and feel like they had a chance to continue and they really had fool's gold? Or do you feel like they'll just max out and miss up $209 million and hope for the best and be in purgatory for the next five years so that contract looks even worse on paper? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you said it. I hope they don't go that five-year max route. They go that way. That's, that's the end of it. We'll, we'll see you later, Atlanta. And you know, like you said, in half a decade, you, you'll mean something again. And that's not a knock on Paul Millsap. He's a fantastic player, but he's older. They're really, at this point, they're probably maxed out at being maybe a fourth seed if everything breaks right for them. They just don't have the front-line superstar talent nor the overwhelming depth to be much more than that. So because of that, I do believe that Paul Millsap is going to move on. I think he's going to go somewhere else. And I think that's the best thing. I think it'll be an opportunity for him to go to a situation where he can win more. And for the Hawks, it's a chance for them to reset things. And I know people say that they still have Dwight Howard under contract, but it's only two more years. You know, you can work around that. You can see, we just saw Brooke Lopez get traded. We saw, you know, for, for, for anything, biggest surprise, we saw Timothy Moskov get dealt today. So it, it can be done. They can make it work around Dwight either on the roster. They can move him in trade to bring in other pieces. So I think it's, I think unfortunately Atlanta's had a really good run, but it's, it's probably coming to an end. All right, Keith, since I'm on the air with two Florida men and I know that Jr. wants to talk about the Orlando magic, but he doesn't want to bring it up. <laughs> I'll ask you to throw us a bone on the magic <laughs> and let us know what your thoughts are with that organization. Yeah, so the interesting thing with the Magic, with the new front office in town, Jeff Waltman and John Hammond, they have completely closed ranks. They're not even publishing who they're working out anymore. So literally nothing is coming out of the Magic right now, which is, is an odd situation. But what they did, but what Jeff Waltman and John Hammond both have said is they there's no one untouchable on the roster. They want to move forward. They're not setting any sort of timelines on when it's time to be good again or when it's going to be a playoff team or anything like that. They are just going to go out there and do the best they can to put this roster together around the guys that they have, as well as with their draft picks. They're really excited about having the two first-rounders this year and two second-rounders. So I think you're going to see the magic. It's probably not what's going to make magic fans super excited, especially, you know, as, as you guys know, the real casual ones here in town. 
they're not going to be super excited to hear it might be another couple of years, but they may take two more years to reset this rebuild the right way. And then, but that'll pay off long-term down the line because they'll be in a much better position. You got there right, Keith. I hope so because I am a Orlando Magic fan first. I just work around the Hawks, but I'm a Magic fan first. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, you know, and it's, it's funny. I tell people who aren't from here, one of the things that's hurt the Magic is people have gone from being angry about them being bad to now they don't care. And once people don't care, that's when you've really lost the battle as a team. And here in town, the Orlando City soccer team is so overwhelmingly popular. And, and you guys are in the South. Nothing's going to ever be college football. It doesn't matter how good the Magic get. So what you end up happening here is the Magic have become a nice little diversion from about Christmas till the beginning of April when the soccer team comes back and then everybody gets excited about that. And that is not where they want to be. Good thing is the new front office has built a little bit of positive buzz. They're actually hosting a draft party again, which they hadn't done in a couple of years. So that'll be really exciting for the fans. So hopefully they can build back that positive buzz and get people excited about the team again. I hear that, Keith. I tell you what, man, it's been good to get you on the show, man. I'm a fan of your work on RealGM.com and FanRag Sports. And Keith, I'll do it again real soon, and we'll be definitely talking, brother. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. No problem, folks. It's Keith Smith here on the Boss Man Show. Connects with JR and John with the Boss Report after the break. All your photo, video, and voiceover needs, check out the fine folks at Blu-ray Productions. They will take good care of you. If you don't believe me, you can see for yourself. Check out their work at blueberryproductions.tv, the Facebook page, Blueberry Productions, also a Vimeo page, a YouTube page, and it's Blueberry, B-L-U-B-E-R-R-Y, prod on Twitter. Check them out today. Blueberry Productions, great people, great work, great service. Fantasy football season is fast approaching, and if you're looking for an edge this season, you need to contact the guys at Draft Day Consultants. The concept is a simple one. Draft Day Consultants takes your requests and connects you with one of their trusted analysts, who then guide you through your draft, whether you just need a sounding board on decisions, or if you need them to conduct your entire draft. Draft Day Consultants has you covered. Every one of their consultants has a proven track record of success, and have conducted hundreds, even thousands of mock drafts. Thanks to this year-round research and analysis, the guys at DDC have an unmatched understanding of player values. So gain an edge on your league mates this season by hitting up DraftDayConsultants.com. That's www.DraftDayConsultants.com. Now get after it, fantasy footballers. Hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. The debut album from Family Grind ENT, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to give you two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop. Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, IllStreetRex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today, True Speech and 313 Fresh, Family Grind ENT. 
Believe in it. Get it. Hello, my name is Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Once again, www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at Coach TWheel24 or Instagram Travis L. Williams24. Or you can call me at 404-542-607. Once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Bossman Radio Show, covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you. show two great guests keith smith bill livingston how bad how bill can they get mad but now you've been waiting on it's time for the boss support john it's been a week are you ready to jump back into it once more my man yes sir back into the breach once more my friend all right folks like i said you've been waiting on it it's time for it it's here it's the boss report first story florida man arrested after firing a rifle on the boat about alleged mutiny against his choice of music. <laughs> he must not have been bumping the future, bro. Exactly. I mean, if you put on something besides the future, you know, then you're going to get a mutiny on your hands. So that's, you know, I don't know. I, I don't really feel bad for you, brother. I don't feel bad for you, you know. If you, if you don't lay down the future tracks on your boat, you're going to get pushed over. You're going to walk the plank. That's the problem. Exactly. And Florida woman arrested after hitting her boyfriend in the back with a backpack filled with bricks after he didn't bring her back a pack of Newport 100s. Jesus. She's just rolling around with a, with a backpack full of bricks? Like, damn. Exactly. I don't, dude, I mean... You, if you get hit with a brick, you're going to feel it. You get hit with a backpack full of them, you're going to go to the hospital, brother. And I'll tell you one thing right now. You better buy a carton of the cigarettes for that woman when you come out because who knows what else she's got in store for you. Exactly. Florida man arrested after falsely claiming on social media he was attacked, kidnapped, and held a hostage at McDonald's over a hot cake. <laughs> He said that the McDonald's staff had kidnapped him? Yes. <laughs> what an idiot. 
<laughs> so he got arrested for filing like a false or you know making false statements or something like that. Yes. <laughs> oh god, that's terrible. Like what? <laughs> I don't know, man. We talked about this before. I think people just they put stuff out on social media because they just they need that attention, right? Exactly. And got this one for you. Florida man arrested after being found naked, covered in vomit, after allegedly robbing dollar store to find him a pack of condoms. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just love the. I was with you, and you said naked. I'm like, okay, Florida man gets a pass for being naked. We already determined that. We're no longer making fun of him for being naked. And then you were, then you said covered in vomit. The immediate thought in my head was, okay, next. That doesn't seem out of the ordinary. <laughs> like, I didn't even, it didn't even phase me when you said covered in vomit. <laughs> That's how bad it's gotten in Florida, man. You can be naked and covered in vomit, and I don't even think twice. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but you had to get that pack of, uh, pack of skins, right? You know? Whew. So I don't know, like, you might want to hop in the shower before you get to using those because I'm pretty sure you, you're a little bit funky for the for the business, my friend. Yes. Um, Florida man is suing energy drink baker Rockstar after benching on them and causing his Johnson not to go down. Not to go down. <laughs> <laughs> my man found a, a poor man's Viagra. Is that what you're telling me? Yes. Ooh, okay. Now I guess no, now I know why they call a rock star. You pump enough of them in your system, and that's what she's going to be calling you. Oh, man. Okay. Um, I had no idea that that – I don't drink energy drinks. I don't know about you. They're, they're just too – You do? I don't. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I, J.C. I Smith does, but I don't. Well, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me one bit. Now, uh, I used to drink Red Bull. This back in the day, like way back when Red Bull first came out, I would drink it, man. And I was like, that was my, that was my drink in the morning. Give me a Red Bull, get going. Um, but then I started to like, I drank too much of it, and I started to get like real jittery, and it started to make me feel funny. So I, I, I quit drinking it. It sounds to me like this guy took it to the next level, and. I would imagine after hearing this story, there's going to be probably a run on Rockstar at, at your local convenience store. Exactly. I agree. I agree. And get this. Florida woman arrested after stealing a Top Gun jacket from Halloween store for her boyfriend for Father's Day. Well, what is a Halloween store doing open in the middle of, <laughs> in the middle of June, first of all? <laughs> I mean... You've got to have some slow sales days floating around, like woo. Exactly. I why, mean, they, why even open? I, I mean, I don't. I always thought that the Halloween stores just popped up, like they did, like a quick, you know, like two month lease at a place that was vacant. You know, hit up, struck up a deal with the the landowner because, or the, or the landlord because, you know, it's been vacant. Just make some quick money for a couple months. Apparently, there is Halloween year-round in Florida. I didn't know, JR. You should have told me, being a Florida man yourself, I didn't know. Do you guys do it, like, every Friday night? I didn't know it. 
is it like once a month like what what is how is halloween down there is it am i missing something i, I didn't know about this is new to me I, I was not aware of this halloween store until this story it makes so bad john it's about nine miles from my dad keeps house here, here's the other thing about it. Like, she, she stole a Top Gun jacket. Okay, I got news for you. A Top Gun jacket is basically just a leather jacket. Like, <laughs> like you, you could have went to Goodwill and got one for like five bucks. So, I, I mean, that's the other part of the story I'm not understanding. Like, does it say Top Gun on it? Does it have Tom Cruise's sweat on it? Like, what? It does say Top Gun on it, yes. Okay, so like... Alright, whatever, bro. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. Florida man arrested after attempted robbery goes and hides in a pond because he, he, quote, he's just fishing and rapping with the gators. He was actually in the pond? Yes. And he was fishing and rapping with the gators? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, when you're on the run and, and you have to come up with something on the spot... Like, you never know what's coming out of your mouth, right? Like, you don't know. When you're trying to stay out of jail, you'll come up with anything, bro. <laughs> I mean, that's... Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, but the, the odds of him actually running into a gator in that pond were probably pretty high, correct? Yes. Where he was at. Yes. Yeah, so my man definitely didn't want to go to the pokey for that. He was like, I would rather be eaten alive by a gator than have to eat a cold hot dog in Lorna Dune tomorrow for lunch. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Uh, Florida man arrested after sending his side chick to take out his ex-wife after she sent pictures of him nude and his dementia Johnson to his boss and parents. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say ex-wife? Yes. Dude, I mean, I'll be honest with you. That's pretty vindictive, but it's better, better than cutting it off as far as I'm concerned. This woman, like, put him on blast, right? Yes. I mean, damn. And he and he sent his, uh, his side piece out there to, to handle that? Yes. And he was trying to put her under, huh? Yep. Damn, dude. I mean... That's rough, dude. She put him on blast, and he wasn't having it. But I got to be honest with you, man. That that would hurt a dude more than having it cut off, right? Like, I mean, I understand that the physical pain, yes, it would hurt. But I'm saying, like, you know, if, if you put it out there in the world that this dude's got a small wiener, um, which is the medical term, JR. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to speak over your head there um, with my medical terminology. If you put it out there that he's got a small wiener, then, um, you know, he's got to live with that the rest of his life. You know, everybody knows, you know. So I don't know, bro. That's rough. And uh, Florida woman arrested abusing stun gun to quiet neighbors who be getting their free going all night long, keeping her up all night. <laughs> she used the stun gun on him? Yes. Dude. <laughs> in the middle of activities, too. Oh, she just kicked in the door and was like, zap, zap. Yes. <laughs> they must have been really getting freaky, bro. Like, if you keep somebody... Like, I used to live in an apartment, like a condo community, right? And it was set up like a, you know, three-story apartment building, basically. And I got to be honest with you, my neighbors probably hated me because, you know... You know, I, I would. It would be later in the evening, early in the morning, and things would be going down, and it wasn't quiet. Now, nobody ever said anything, but I know 
the volume level was high enough to notice. This chick got to the point where she tasered these two people. They really must have been going at it. Like, most people can, you know, put up with once in a while, and they'll laugh it off. But this lady, if she kicked in the door with a taser, it must have been happening, like, every day. Yes, exactly. Had to be. Had to be. Get this. Florida man arrested for DUI after Leslie tossing four drunk gators from his window. <laughs> like, four drunk Florida gator students, or? Alligators, real gators. <laughs> Dude. They were babe drunk, the baby gators were drunk. How did they gauge that? <laughs> did, like, did they line them up and make them walk the line? they make him touch the nose like the alligator arm is short right it wouldn't even be able to touch its nose it'd be like <laughs> they were quote disoriented and ended up on their back and squirming like quote turtles worms and toes whatever that means okay baby alligator what i need you to do is touch right hand to the tip of your nose i can't an officer oh well you must be drunk no i mean i physically can't do it my arms are too short they don't reach my nose <laughs> Stupid. They were flopping around on their back like that baby a couple weeks ago when the babysitter wasn't paying attention. Exactly. The baby was just rolling around on the floor like a eye clean robot, you know? Exactly. Like for real? With lint all stuck in its hair and Cheeto. Cheeto stuck to its back. Yeah, that was one of the worst stories ever. It really was. Oh, man. And. Florida man, 82, arrested after Leslie shooting his wife after his Johnson was, she called his Johnson to quote, misfire on multiple occasions. You said he was 82? Yes. Was he, was he using it? <laughs> How's your Johnson quote, misfire? <laughs> like, I got, I mean, dude, 82. Listen, bro. I give you, I give you props on that. I mean, if I'm, it, it, listen, if I'm lucky enough to misfire at 82, then I will take the heat for my wife. She wants to tell me that I misfire, and I will say, "Look, you're lucky that I'm firing at all, honey." Right? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, damn. Good for him. Oh yes. Uh oh. Two hood chicks get into a fight, attack each other with SUVs after learning of their dual pregnancies with a local barber. So they're both pregnant by the local barber? <laughs> yes! Why is it called the quote local barber? <laughs> <laughs> That's like an extension of local man right there. <laughs> Same thing, but like when you're talking about an occupation, it's local accountant or local barber. So if they're talking about a person... Um, let me, I'll break this down for you, JR, just so you, you know and everybody knows how the local man extends out in reporting, okay? So local man is when you're just talking about an individual, when they do something in their private personal life, you are a local man or local woman, okay? okay. When you then uh, extend that out and you want to call them by their, their occupation, they would have had to do something that involved that occupation. So um, local barber, in this instance, I would say is inaccurate because he's not doing something that was related to barbering, right? No, he wasn't. No, okay. So if, if 
you were reporting a story where an accountant embezzled money, you would say a local accountant embezzles $10 million from business, blah, blah, blah. If the barber had given these kids bad haircuts, you could then say local barber. Um, but he's not barbering these kids. He's just you know, impregnating women. So you have to still use local man in your reporting um, if you want to be accurate. So that, that's, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, that's what it was it was I, I just want to I want to hit the actual story though for a second real quick Jared what you, <laughs> how did how did he end up I guess and, and the inaccurate reporting it makes the story weird because it's basically just a dude getting two chicks pregnant right yes but they attacked each other with SUVs they try to kill each other with the, I know <laughs> the SUVs on each other oh, dude like what Look, I just had this image of a medieval jousting scene, but with with SUVs, right? Exactly. <laughs> oh, so okay, sorry, sorry. Okay, Woo. here we go. Florida man arrested after stealing truck to have a place to sleep at night for his date. So, okay, run that one back real quick. Yes, Florida man arrested for stealing truck to have a place to sleep at night for his date and a place to give his date to get their quote activity on. So he stole a truck, so he had somewhere to sleep and hook up with his date. Yes. That's an acceptable reason to steal a vehicle. I'm sorry. Uh, that That's an acceptable... If you're stealing a vehicle to have sex in it, and you mean the vehicle no harm, and at some point you intend to return it, um, I mean, I'm not saying that you shouldn't, you know, get rung up by the cops, but that is an acceptable reason to steal a vehicle. Because it, the... The end result, Jr. If you don't steal the vehicle, you're not going to hook up, right? Exactly. So you have to steal the vehicle to get the nookie. So really, there's no way around it. You got that right. You got it right, brother. And Florida men arrested after trying to break in the home with nothing but pants on his arm and jamming to future. <laughs> At least like this dude had his pants on his arm, right? Like he was a waiter with a with a towel over his arm, right? Exactly. Uh, now, if this guy had a boat, he'd be okay because no mutiny going down. Uh, if he owned a boat, clearly he's got the future. If he had a boat, he wouldn't be, um, you know, walking the plank. And he has pants. I like this little nuance with this Florida man. Like, he, he's naked because it's hot. But if he wants to put the pants on, he can't, JR. They're on his arm, you know. So he, he's coming prepared. And, uh, you know, in case the cops show up, um, he can throw the pants on if he decides to. It's really up to him. I, I like it. And you got this Florida man arrested after trying to steal TV from store on shop with a cop day, which was this past Saturday. <laughs> so wait a minute. They're completely unrelated. Like he, he went there to steal the TV, didn't know it was shop with a cop day. Exactly. And got rung up. Yes. That's freaking awesome, dude. Like, I mean, literally you could not pick a worse day to try to cop something from the store. Worst day. I mean, he, <laughs> There's no worse day to try to steal something from the store. <laughs> he would have been better off like trying to trying to quote unquote shop with the cop, and then like once he got close up to the the register, like bolted out. You know what I mean? Like exactly. Oh, that's 
that's classic. I never, I, I didn't even know they did anything like that. Yes, yeah, always Sun Saturday for Father's Day is shot for the cop day in Florida. Always. Always. I guess. I don't even know, like, why police in Florida would want to spend any more time than they had to with Florida Man, but apparently they're gluttons for punishment, right? <laughs> exactly. And Florida Man arrest after ramming four vehicles out into baby mama's, baby daddy's workplace because she found out the baby she got inside of her ain't the baby daddy that she thought he was. So he decided to ram vehicles at his job at a car lot and Stone Cold stun his boss, him, and her assistant. <laughs> I love it when, Stone Cold, when somebody Stone Cold <laughs> at the end of a story. <laughs> Those are my favorite, bro. When somebody goes wild, rams car, just does whatever they do, and then at the end of the story they're like, and... Stone Cold Stun so and so. Like that's the finishing move, dude. <laughs> exactly. I love it. I love it. Those those always get me, man. I if you start ramming um mass amounts of cars at a car dealership, <laughs> that dude, that's some I mean you're you're dealing some serious financial damage. Like I don't know how I always wondered how uh, car dealerships like you drive by one and there's like you know two acres worth of cars brand new cars out there right like they don't have to finance all that like they don't they're not purchasing all those vehicles those get delivered from the the manufacturer yes because like the msrp the dealer get paid on the dealer kickbacks and the dealer like the extra like the gap insurance they get they get you on the maintenance stuff and see the Dealership don't get that much money. You're not really making a profit on the car. So basically, it's like a, it's kind of a consignment thing. Yes. Okay. I always, I always thought that was the case. I never really knew, but because I mean, there's like millions of dollars worth of vehicles on those lots. Yeah. Like so. it's like, hey, we're gonna provide you with the car, but you sell at this price, and we'll give you this on kickback and rebates, all that kind of good stuff. How they can make money. I got you. Yeah. Okay. You can see, that's why I, that's why I cross salesmen on commission. They can't really pay my salary. They don't have the, the, the working capital to pay them a salary. They have to pay them on commission because what they sell because they can't afford to pay them on what selling basically how the car is set up. Right. Okay. I feel you. All right. We got this. Florida man arrested after hitting neighbors with tennis balls after grilling. He went to share food. He grilled with him last week so last week my man grilled some food and didn't share it with his neighbor he got to do tennis balls for him <laughs> <laughs> did it say what the food was yes ribs burgers hot dogs and kebabs i'm sorry but if you're if you're grilling or smoking some ribs around your house that is like a community food right like you you all when i do it at my house jr i smoke ribs all the time I make like, depending on who's around, six to eight racks. Okay, <laughs> and a lot of times, you know, I see the neighbor outside. I'll offer some up. Neighbor down the street, see him outside, offer some up. It's just kind of a community thing, right? Exactly. So if you see somebody or smell somebody cooking some ribs, you you have the expectation that maybe they're going to offer you some because you know that's kind of how that 
whole situation works out. And mm. this guy apparently didn't get any, and he went just tennis ball crazy. <laughs> like, dude, tennis balls don't really hurt that bad, though. If you get hit with one, like, rocket speed, you know, like, if, uh, you know, Nadal fires one at you or... Andy uh, Roddick, sir. Yeah, it's right. Yeah, yeah. That's going to leave a mark, but, you know... Next door neighbor hitting you with a tennis ball. I mean, you might as well throw a ping pong ball at me, bro. Get this. Throwing a couple of refs after getting caught, rolling around, getting their freak on, and the key is 10 out back. <laughs> they got arrested for that? Yeah, that was in their neighbor's yard messing around, oh. and, and the neighbor's key is 10. Oh, it was in their neighbor's yard. <laughs> oh, man. Listen, you got to spice it up once in a while, you know? Exactly. And Florida woman is suing the Dade County after not being allowed to keep a six-foot gator as a pet in her backyard on a leash. Yeah, see, I don't – this is – I guess I don't understand. They have – I know that they have – cities have ordinances and on what you can have on your property and pets and those types of things, but – if if you were to keep a, a, a gator that size on your property, you would have to have it in certain conditions, right? Like you would have to have it caged yes. or something like that. So you, you couldn't just keep it like roaming around your backyard, right? No, you can't. So then, you know, just just abide by the order. I'm sure they're not telling her she can't have it. They're just saying you have to have it and keep it in this you manner. Can't be so on that, a leash, right? Well, like, what do you roam freely? What are you going to do to a gator if it wants to death roll something, if it's on a leash? Nothing. Exactly. Nothing. It's looking at that leash like, I will bite through this thing in a second and come at you. They, they don't care. That thing doesn't care about that leash. Exactly. It'll get away if it wants to. Right. Woo-wee. Get this. Florida man arrested after robbing a CVS store with a two by four piece of wood and getting away with it, and getting away with it. <laughs> Was it hacksaw Jim Duggan? Like what? <laughs> who, who is trying to rob a store with a two by four, bro? And get this, it left seven employees with concussions and bloody. That doesn't surprise me, dude. If you get hit with a two by four, you're going down. There ain't no doubt about it, bro. There ain't no doubt about it. I mean, those things are freaking elite. They could be lethal if you catch somebody in the right spot. For sure. Exactly. And Florida man arrested after robbing Party City for a Santa suit and getting arrested on drug charges after deciding to get this rock bottom and DDT waiter at police for not getting his food on time. <laughs> First of all, what is up with the... The whacked out holiday schedule in Florida. Okay. <laughs> First Halloween, now Christmas. So just it's not even Fourth of July yet, people. Like ease up on the ease up on the holidays. They'll get here eventually. Alright. Secondly, this dude, he he rock bottomed and what was the other one? DDT somebody threw a table at Chili's. But this waiter because he took it off too long with his order. Dude, the rock bottom is bad enough. You, if you legit DDT somebody, you you could break their neck for sure. Especially if you put them into a table, bro. I mean, the man's out for six months for injuries. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me, dude. A DDT, that's one of the, the most dangerous moves out there, man. That's one of them. I would rather have somebody give me a, a full suplex rather than a DDT, right? I would too, yes. Yeah. 
Absolutely, because like if you, if you pump somebody's neck into the, you know, head into the ground like that, you can compress their neck like real quick. Exactly. Did it say what he ordered? What kind of food? Two for twenty. Oh, dude. I mean, if your two for twenty doesn't come out on time, I could easily see putting someone's head through a table. <laughs> That's where I go immediately. And you're gonna love this. Florida woman arrested with beer and whiskey and golf cart at Doral Golf Course after running into a car and then putting the victim of the wreck in the ankle lock and breaking the ankle in two. Jesus. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> I'm a, I, I don't know, bro. <laughs> You, you put whiskey in the mix <laughs> You don't know what's coming out of people dude I'm sorry uh, you, just, you don't know When you add hard liquor Especially whiskey Into somebody's system You don't know what you're going to get No idea Zach with the two story warning The two story warning is this Florida woman who has taken too long With her coupons Attacked with basket by Florida man who's angry and wanting to get home because he had to take a dump. See, <clears throat> dude, in that scenario, I totally understand what this guy did. There's nothing worse than being behind somebody in line who, A, you know, can't find their card in their purse or <clears throat> can't find their wallet or forgot this or doesn't have their shopper card. Can you look up my shopping number with my phone number? My coupon doesn't work. Oh, wait, I have an extra coupon for that. Like, just just go already. Just go. Just go. And especially if you add on to the fact that you've got a turtle pushing its head out, you, you could lose your You could lose it, dude. You could lose it. I, I understand where this guy's coming from. And the final story of the day is this. Florida man arrested after setting underwear on fire at Starbucks with his ex-girlfriend because she broke up with him the day before because he missed, she he made her miss the bus. Was he wearing the underwear? Oh, no. He, he took them off. Oh, whew, thank God, dude, because yeah. I was just going to say, like, that is a, a hell of a statement right there. Like, <laughs> he took them it's off. one thing if you just throw them on the floor and light them, but it's a whole other statement if you're wearing them. <laughs> Dude, I mean, there's there's a lot of you gotta steer clear of the Starbucks these days, man. There's some there's some stuff going down at Starbucks. I don't know what it is, but sometimes you're better off just to stop at the local uh, Dunkin' Donuts. Exactly. Well, John, we came to the end of a great report today. What is your take on today's boss report? I. I noticed a plethora of Florida man stories there, JR. There's quite a few. I believe the entire report was a Florida man centric today, so that was awesome. Gotta love a good Florida man uh, full a show full of Florida man stories, right? You got, you got that right. I, 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 <laughs> I must tell you these are some of the best in the business right here. Now, how many stories you heard they gonna stick with you? Why are we going out for the July vacation? Well, I, there's two right off the bat, and one of them is the Halloween story, and the second one is the guy with the Christmas Santa suit story. Like, I really have to investigate while we're on break what in the hell is going on with the holiday schedule in Florida. Like, is it, you know, year-round that they celebrate, or is it just a couple of one-off stories where these people were whacked? I have to investigate, JR. I think I'm going to do some research on this and find out, um, you know, what's going on with the holiday schedule down there. Now, let's start off before we go for the day. 
we come back from vacation, how many stores are we going to have about fireworks up the butt this year? Dude, that's the other thing, man. We're coming into we're coming into that season for Florida, man, where it's going to get real hot. They're, they're going to get real hot, real drunk, and there's going to be some real violence going down. So I can only imagine what's coming out, man. When you get – oh, man. Just think about it, JR. Heat, liquor, and fireworks in Florida – there's going to be some wild stories coming out in the next couple of weeks. Yes, indeed. So, folks, I hope you all enjoyed this week's Boss Report. Hope you all enjoyed Bill Livingston, Keith Smith. Those are for John. It's JR. We out. Happy Fourth of July to you. We'll talk to you after the break. Be easy. All your photo, video, and voiceover needs, check out the fine folks at Blu-ray Productions. They will take good care of you. If you don't believe me, you can see for yourself. Check out their work at blueberryproductions.tv, the Facebook page, Blueberry Productions, also a Vimeo page, a YouTube page, and it's Blueberry, B-L-U-B-E-R-R-Y, Prod on Twitter. Check them out today. Blueberry Productions, great people, great work, great service. Fantasy football season is fast approaching, and if you're looking for an edge this season, you need to contact the guys at Draft Day Consultants. The concept is a simple one. Draft Day Consultants takes your requests and connects you with one of their trusted analysts, who then guide you through your draft, whether you just need a sounding board on decisions, or if you need them to conduct your entire draft. Draft Day Consultants has you covered. Every one of their consultants has a proven track record of success, and have conducted hundreds, even thousands of mock drafts. Thanks to this year-round research and analysis, the guys at DDC have an unmatched understanding of player values. So gain an edge on your league mates this season by hitting up DraftDayConsultants.com. That's www.DraftDayConsultants.com. Now get after it, fantasy footballers. Hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. The debut album from Family Grinding NC, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to give you two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop. Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, IllStreetRex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today, True Speech, and 313 Fresh, Family Grind, ENT. Believe in it, get it. Hello, my name is Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academics.com. 
academics, and athleticsconsulting.com. Once again, www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at Coach TWheel24 or Instagram Travis L. Williams24. Or you can call me at 404-542-607. Once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Bossman Radio Show covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you.